The following program contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Yo, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. The Get Off My Lawn podcast is back in full effect. This is your man Jay, a.k.a. JC, a.k.a. Jay Caesar, a.k.a. Law T, a.k.a. The Hip Hop Taliban. And that's where you can find me on Twitter, at Hip Hop Taliban. And I am joined from the East Coast by... East- Black East Coast Dre. East Coast Dre, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> what's up? You did your AKA list grow a little bit? I feel like I was, it was taking a long time. I feel like you you, you tacked a couple more on. Did you? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'm like Ghostface Killer. <laughs> right. You just keep going. Jimmy Starks. <laughs> a, AKA never late for lunch. AKA. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Hey, I never know how many aliases I'm going to need. Uh, you know, we might start up a, a firestorm with some of these conversations, and uh, I might need to switch it up. So, you know. Oh, boy. Oh, buddy. But, um, you know, again, I have to apologize to the listeners for not keeping a normal uh, set podcasting schedule, but... It is said in the intro, I'm a man, I'm 40, now I'm about 42, coming up on 42, and uh, yeah, it's tough to balance, you know, you got work, family, responsibilities, and we don't get paid for this, and uh, I'm in LA, Dre's out on the East Coast, and Professor Belk is down south. Uh, he was going to join us on this episode, but he's down there 
uh, beating his students down with midterms and homework and extra credit. He's beating knowledge into their heads with a bat. Right? Actually, he doesn't seem like the kind of uh, he doesn't seem like the kind of professor who gives extra credit. He's yeah, probably no. like, you just do it right the first time. You won't need extra credit. <laughs> Right. No, you don't need extra credit. No, I can't imagine. You know what? I need to, we, next time we need to ask him if he like lets them hand stuff in late. Like, what's the what's the penalty for handing something in late? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> you think <laughs> you think any of those kids are going up to his office to turn some shit in late? It's probably like in the whiz when the lion's walking up to the uh, to the wizard <laughs> to ask for something. Knees shaking. <laughs> oh, they had they the little bowl. Please, sir. May I have some more? <laughs> right. He's probably like, no. <laughs> and then they go running down the hallway screaming, papers flying everywhere. Well, you know he has that, um, if you text in his classroom, he kicks you out, right? Like, doesn't matter what it is. He no. kicks you out of the class. Yeah, he has a rule. Like if you text it, if he sees you with your phone in your hand and you're texting, you kicked out like you're kicked out immediately. Like that's it. Like nope. Walk. Damn. Yeah. But see I mean, I guess we'd have to ask him how he goes about determining all this because it was I don't know, maybe a week or two ago and um my son, he had some homework and I knew he had like an essay to, to finish editing or something like that. And I forget where we were going, but I was like, hey, you need to bring your laptop. He's like, oh, I got my phone. And I'm like, hmm. And he was just sitting there, you know, typing up just his type- essay because they use Google Docs. So typing up his essay on the phone. But to me, it was just sort of like my initial reaction was like, put the phone away. Get a laptop. Right. Eh, get off my lawn. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's how I would be too. Like, I see my daughter, like, she'll do stuff like that too. Like, oh, I'm typing this thing on my phone. I'm like, you texting your friends, you Snapchat or some shit. Like, don't, I'm not falling for it. <laughs> but I mean, but they really, that's how they, you know, do everything now. It's like on your phone. So, yeah. I can't, I can't complain. I do a bunch of stuff on my phone too. But. It's a whole new world. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm not. Now, my iPad, I'm all over that because just trying to type or do anything of significance on my phone, um, no, nah, I'm just not, not, not up on that. So, um, but again, my point is that everybody's busy. Um, Dre's busy. Professor Belk is busy. I'm, I guess. I'm going to say I'm busy just so I don't look like a slacker. Um, so it's tough to keep a schedule. But I really have to make a concerted effort to, um, at the very least, get up here on a more frequent basis because there are things to talk about. There are things going on. And uh, I need to get up on this. But... Since it's been so long since we've convened uh, in this forum, how was your summer? Because, man, I lived vicariously through the coals, the East Coast coals. 
No, um, I didn't live. Oh well, I did. I did go on one vacation. I did go. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was. It was mostly work, but I did take a week, and the family went up to Martha's Vineyard, which mm-hmm. was cool. Which was cool because we were up there during the same time that the Obamas were up there. Yeah. And and the, the, yo, that family is like rock star family, man. Like seriously, you knew where they were because there'd just be crowds of people like hang, hanging out like on a street corner and i'm only like crowds it, it was impressive because it was often crowds of kids like youngsters like you know under 18 on sometimes under 21 just standing out on a corner like with their camera phones in hand waiting and, you know you see like you know the secret service and you know the special forces guys and all those guys out there but mm. you see these crowds of kids waiting like 60 and 70. It's, you know, you, you look like, oh, they must be having dinner or something like that. And I drove by their, um, we, we passed their convoy, like on the same street one day. And my mother-in-law happened to see President Obama and uh, Michelle Obama. And my daughter met Sasha Obama in a party. Which what? Was, it didn't, it didn't re- did, she didn't realize it was her. Like it was a crowded party. Like it was a jack and jill party so it's a you know a bunch of you know young black kids the white party they were all in there and a, you know a girl like put her hands on her shoulder and they were, she was trying to get by so the girl was like oh i'm sorry so you know my daughter turned around I was like oh it's okay and then she was like oh i love your purse and they were, like kind of chatted back and forth and as yeah. the girl walked away she was like that girl looks familiar and she was like the girl got you know enough away and she was like that was sasha obama Oh. And so, she, you know, and then she would see her, you know, like through the party and, you know, wave and all that stuff. And, yeah. But it was, but Sasha apparently was out partying. Like her and Malia get to party, apparently. Nice. What's a Jack and Jill party? <laughs> well, Jack and Jill is a, um organization for uh, young, uh, young black kids. Okay. And people, people. Most people know him as like bougie black kids usually. <laughs> and my daughter okay. my, my daughter was crashing the party. She she's not actually in Jack and Jill, but cousins are. So she went to the party with them and well with, with her one of her cousins. And so but yeah, Jack and Jill's like, you know, they it's like networking for young black kids. And so okay. they were all at this party. But you know, it was but you know, Martha's the first time I've ever been in Martha's Vineyard, you know, a lot of there's some bougie black people, there's some, you know, regular old black folk. Um, beaches, you know, it was Martha's Vineyard, especially that beach that we went to, um, the Inkwell. They made a horrible movie about it, about the beach, but <laughs> the, the, the movie, the, the, the beach was a place where uh, slaves and people who, like the one generation beyond slavery used to go to vacation on this little island. And it was, you know, so it has that history, but it's nice. So it's a nice, nice little, nice little area. Oh okay, but, because, but that was it. That was it. That was it. No, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. Because was it? No. <laughs> uh oh. Because <laughs> I clicked on your Instagram feed or something. Uh, and at Andre Cole. Nick, <laughs> at Andre Cole. Yeah, please, everybody. It's if you Uh-oh. if you're like me and you just ha- are on the normal sort of hamster wheel, not really doing much uh, that brings any excitement or. Uh, interesting events into your life. Follow at Andre Cole on everything. And I turned on at Andre Cole on Instagram and what you were up there with like llamas and alpacas and zebras and shit. Like what? Yo. Yo, the alpacas were wilding. 
I don't even know. I don't even know what an alpaca is. Yo, an alpaca is is like it's like the animal is like a cousin of the llama, right? Okay. And and most a lot of some people might know alpaca from American Gangster when a guy um, spilt some. Denzel Washington had a party at his house and people dropped some spilled something on his on his alpaca and he beat the dude up and he was like, <laughs> "That's twenty thousand dollar alpaca, you blocked that shit." So alpa- alpaca, these, these little animals, they like llama. They're really cool. They, um, I think they were uh, mostly in uh, the Andes Mountains. You know, don't give me the line, whatever. But they have really soft wool. Like there's the they. Their their fur makes like cashmere feel like bri- like like brillo like it's ve- it's incredibly mm. soft. So we were there. We went to you know because you know we go on these vacations and my my wife and my sister in law they always want to do something educational for the kids. I don't care. I'd be like, yo, y'all can go to the beach. Y'all can watch TV all week. I don't care. Yeah. But they're like, yeah. oh, education alpaca. Let's go to alpaca farm. We're to alpaca farm. And there's a group of alpaca inside the one barn. And they're like, this one is making this noise. And we're like, it's annoying. We're like, why are you making this noise? And one of the farm hands is like, yo, he's been, you know, acting kind of crazy today. So, and then before she can say, watch out, they get into a fight. This one and this other one get into a fight in the barn. <laughs> like, it was, wow. it was crazy. Yo, it was, and they were like fighting. And we were like, what the hell is going on? And then the main farmer came out and he was like, that never happens. He was like, He's like, consider seeing something that's like one in 30,000. Like, you will never see an alpaca fight in your life. Like, unless you're out in the wild. He's like, you just saw one. So, if you go on my Instagram, you'll see the alpaca. The part of the alpaca fight was some hip-hop bond. <laughs> I, I was like, wow. <laughs> what, where is he? Because I knew, yeah. I knew that the Obamas were out there at the time. Yes. And I'm like, oh, damn. I got to... I gotta, I gotta find some some associates who are on my level. I remember, uh, I think Kevin Hart told a told a joke where he was hanging out with Dwayne Wade, and one day Dwayne Wade was like, "Let's buy boats," and he's like, "What? Buy boats? <laughs> like, huh?" <laughs> At the alpaca farm on Martha's Vineyard, <laughs> living the dream. Yeah, I was a farm. Living the dream. We shall overcome. <laughs> All right. I, lo- I like to hear it. I like to hear us in about stories about us in uh, unexpected, unconventional places. Good. That's Good. right. Get you um, some alpaca. I I don't even know. Yeah. I, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be. I can go outside and see a stray pit bull walking down the street, but. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's that's cool. All I did, the biggest thing of note I did this summer was um, went to a Diggable Planet show. They had a tour. Um, I forget oh, how wow. many how many cities it was, but not not too many. And they set aside their differences or whatever, and they actually had to do the first show sold out, and I mean sold out like months ago, like months early. In the spring. Really? Yeah. And they added a second show. Um, so I went. And West Coast Dre, he had to work. So I recorded the concert. And then... Got your rerun on again. Got home and 
EQ did. And if you go to the Liberator, T-H-A-L-I-B-E-R-A-T-O-R.com, and you click on the section labeled Al Dunbar, then you will be able to <laughs> hear the uh, live Diggable Planets concert, which was dope because they had a funk band with them playing live. And I think the funk band gave them a flexibility, kind of like if you go to a root show. They can kind of go off in different directions and add a little new flavor to the songs that, you know, you otherwise have heard. Because you figure Diggable only has the two albums. Right. So. How's Ladybug Mecca doing? She's doing okay? Oh, she's she's doing amazing. Oh, okay. Because I I missed the one time I had a chance to see them before, way back, was was on Camp Syracuse campus. Yeah, and I she remember looked, every, she everybody, out. right? Everybody was talking about how crazy she looked. Like she looked like she was like doing a drug lean on the stage. <laughs> so yeah. I was just wondering. I ran into her because um, they're in the in the student center. You know how they had that that lower level entrance. I was down right. there, and I came out, and I guess they were either going to the car or something, and saw her down there. And yeah, she looked. Uh, looked a mess but but yeah she looked she looked good um their performance was great and like i said if you go to theliberator.com click on the section al dunbar which for those who may remember (laughs) the uh the show what's happening there was a gangster who forced rerun to bootleg a doobie brothers concert and uh the gangster's name was Al Dunbar, so in homage to Al Dunbar. I'm also going to remaster. There was a De La Soul show that I went to last year and talked about it a bit on the podcast, but I have that audio, and so I'm going to clean that up and put that on there. So that's my new thing. If I go to a show, I'm going to record the audio and throw it up on the site until I get a cease and desist letter from Capital or Arista or whoever. So you can do that. And while you're there, you can also check out past episodes of the Get Off My Lawn podcast. But as for this episode, uh, I'd also like to thank East Coast Dre for participating because I was afraid that after my Minnesota Vikings accelerated the oh, implosion of Odell Beckham Jr. Here we go. The other night go. that you know he go. might not he might not be so yeah. eager to to, Here we go. to jump on. Here we go. <laughs> we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna talk about this. Listen <laughs> Well well we'll we'll say this. The Vikings definitely seem to have Eli's number. Um and they have like I don't know how many of the last all of his last like six or seven meetings he's they've always spanked on Eli, and um, I'm the Odell Beckham Jr. man. He he's young. That's all I gotta say. He's young, and hopefully he'll kill. He won't let people get into his head. You know, he's talented guy. He's got to stop letting you know let the letting the corners get into his head and you know frustrate him. He's yeah. on the side beat trying to beat up you know kicking nets and uh, yeah. Sorry. 
It's all right. This is I'm not a, I'm not a Ben McAdoo who's the coach of the Giants. I'm not a Ben McAdoo fan. I haven't been, and so I'm just you know I'm wishing for his downfall. All right. Just so we can get somebody. I mean, it's one of the, I heard they're gonna. Tom Coughlin offered to come back in, mentor Odell. Yeah, that's, that's what he did. Yeah, because he's supposed to be a quote unquote consultant with yeah. the Giants, and so yeah, he offered to. But he, but but Odell needs like Randy Moss. You know what I'm saying? He needs yeah. somebody who who was you know speaking of the Vikings, he needs somebody who yeah. was mentally strong, very talented. And was hard to shake. Like he was hard to shake, Randy Moss. Like Randy Moss, like you would do whatever you could to Randy Moss, and he would just keep going. Yeah. And he would get mad, and he would talk, and you know, press. But you couldn't really get to him mentally. And yeah. that's what they. That's what. That's what he needs. But he, I don't, he was one of those. I don't know these these diva wide receivers. And I like from the other podcast. I take it back to Michael Irvin. He seemed to be that original diva. Look at me. I got to celebrate, you know, excessively doing average things. And then when I do spectacular things, I'm really going to show out. So, you know, because I remember Randy Moss. I remember him walking off the field. There was still time on the clock. I remember him squirting the referee with water. Um, He ran over that traffic cop. Uh, he had, but nobody ever got to him mentally. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, he got to himself mentally. He beat them to right. the punch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Well, so yeah, he needs so Odell, man. Yeah, so yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I can I can face the loss. We you know we take we can take a loss. That's right. Yeah, yeah. As long as you, as long as you beat the Cowboys again, I'm I'm straight. So you know, <sighs> listen. Yeah, we we get, we have that that common enemy. Yeah, because uh, West Coast Dre's a Cowboys fan, and we went to this. He's got this Cowboys crew, and so they meet up every Sunday. And every once in a while, I'll just go and sit down because <clears throat> I have the pleasure of having one of the best pictures in my in my collection. Is remember when? They were playing Green Bay, and Des Bryant dropped that ball, clearly dropped it. And, you know, Cowboys fans claimed, oh, no, he caught it in the air. He was switching hands and blah, blah, blah. Oh, I remember that. Well, because that's always the excuse. Yeah. So when he caught it, they thought they were celebrating and acting wild. And then they said it's under review. So I pulled out my camera and started snapping pictures of them. As the referees came in with the call that it was an incomplete pass, <laughs> and the the dejection and look looks of <laughs> shock and chagrin on their faces are priceless, priceless. Um, but at the beginning of every season, they're more or less insufferable because you know they always they always believe they're going to go undefeated and to the Super Bowl, and you can't tell them any differently. So. They're kind of like Raiders fans, just a little less violent. A little less violent? Come on now. Come on, they're way less violent than well, Raiders fans. Yeah, yeah. On the obnoxious, the obnoxiousity, obnoxiousity, obnoxious meter, obnoxiousness meter, whatever. On that meter that measures your level of obnoxiousness, 
Cowboys and Raiders fans are equal. But yeah, Raiders fans are, yeah, a bit prone to. Yeah, it's, it's Raiders, Raiders fans and Eagles fans. Yeah, violent, yeah. violent. Yeah, they have a jail. They have a jail underneath the Eagles Stadium. Damn. Right. It's a jail wow. under there. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's hardcore. Well, uh, now that we've exhausted the uh, the sports, an hour later. Uh, <laughs> I wish there was some sports on last... Was it last night? Had to have been last night. Yeah. Because I started watching that vice presidential debate and... Mike Pence and his lying was just ridiculous. And Tim Kaine... I understand he did the job that they needed him to do. But... from From a listener standpoint, it was just... I couldn't take it. It was too much. It was the arguing and the interrupting and the lying and then just running over the moderator was too much. So I listened about as long as I could and then I flipped over to BET because I glanced at Twitter and saw that you made a comment. I think you made a comment about something that was happening at the BET Awards, Hip Hop Awards. Uh, well, I didn't watch it, but I could have made a comment because I like to make comments. Yeah. <laughs> about stuff. <laughs> I probably said that I can't watch it right now, but I'll catch it later or something. Because I was all in on Atlanta like last night, Atlanta the television show. So what was? Well, whatever it was you said, and maybe you said it earlier in the evening, but it prompted me to say, oh, okay, let me take a look at this because I knew we'd be uh, recording a podcast today. So I was like, yeah, let me, let me see. Just give me some, add some fuel to my fire. Maybe I'll be surprised. I don't know. And I turned it on and got hooked in because they started it off with... Uh, people who have been watching over the years know that they have these ciphers and they come in, usually have four MCs more or less uh, premiere or some other uh, well-known, respected hip-hop DJ is on the tables, dropping the beat and there's just a little freestyle-ish session that takes place and for the most part, they're pretty dope. I think that the the bar was established years ago that this is the place where you go, you know, to put your lyricism on display. And right. for the most part, the MCs that they get do that. And I was pleasantly surprised by the first um, cipher session. And... I actually have a copy of it here that I'm going to play because you'll understand uh, my point right after this. So let me bring down this music in the background just a bit. And this is the opening cipher session 
from the 2016 BET Hip Hop Awards. I'm Slim Jesus if he wasn't lying. Mac Miller with a loaded Mac. All these painkillers got me flying. I need Iggy face in my lap. That ain't what I came to strife about. Looking at the news, what is life about? Why the boys in blue pulling rifles out? Killing like it's legal and they're crying when the sniper's out. I mean, something gotta change. Can't you understand? People's in a lot of pain. And every time you get the saying, all lives matter, all that ever sounds like is all white crackers. The lack of compassion is just baffling. Videos of bullet holes and young men gasping. Showing you the footage, you still asking what happened. Cause the victim had black skin, you side with the assassin. Supposed to be Christians, condone lynching. Fuck Donald Trump and every racist in my mentions. When judgment day come and God judge you on attention, Mike Brown is close to gates in your face out of vengeance. The world need empathy. Killer cops need penitentiaries. This shit been happening for centuries. Eventually you get your head busted and it was meant to be. Dap it up, I'm feeling like it's draft day I school them now, they wanna fight like it's the last day Scared money don't make money, that's what the facts say And these niggas ain't got the balls to get their cash straight I'm back, wait, I ain't never go nowhere I'm always running, so I don't never go nowhere Even my friends ask, why you never go nowhere? Cause I could be the next Sandra of the popo there Yeah, huh. They can kill me riding down the freeway Cause direct I sight forbidden like it's eBay The beats I break them down, rip apart in each way They swear they cook, but I eat different like it's cheat day for Pete's sake Man, I hate y'all rappers And I'm next on deck like a baseball batter See, I do this here for Brooklyn, man I ain't y'all actors I'm just trying to put my hood on Cause Trayvon Matter, see Haters talk down on me like they y'all factors And do is be little like the baseball backwards Don't wanna sound like I'm hating I'm really getting ticked off Strippers getting deals I'm really getting pissed off Me mad backwards Like the pencil Chris Claus Jazz with onesie And I ain't even let the clip fall I'm the best even when I'm rusty And the style's still fresh although I'm dusty These custies must be on dopamine or something Who'd have thought in today's age being dopamine nothing Cats put some buttons Got actual DJs suicidal now they really be cutting Might say it's harsh But I'm paid in full Jacket suede and wool and not bars Half the money and the power we already got respect Won't even get a check till I get a check Think I do this as a hobby? Nah, I'll be But if I wasn't getting paid to rock, I'd still be writing properly or spilling on somebody in a robbery. Crack jaws like Bobby, shit. Or the lead, leave his head split. Hollow tip, light house party, follow the drip. Cowards, no match for my prowess. Hurt two bars and I can tell you ain't putting your 10,000 hours. Got on early and it hurts you cause you so, so. Patience is a virtuoso. What? Yo. I treat beats like black men and I'm policing. In other words, I be killing them for no reason. Could easily bring you down, see your folks grieving. But gotta keep your head up like your nose bleeding. <laughs> we gotta bring the rap game back. Cause all I see is colorful dreadheads that can't rap. We got the nerve to say hip hop dead and I hate that. It's about as dumb as Bow Wow saying he ain't black. In the event that Trump wins the race, all his supporters need to get punched in the face. And I'll gladly do the honors. Yeah, I'm taking shots, only Michelle. You see the one that's married to Obama, I'm a... Stand up, nigga, I ain't never lying. 
think God is a witness cause he ain't testifying The real American Idol, one of the best that rhyming So don't judge me unless you sit next to Simon I'm from where niggas smoke dust and get extra violent Get high off that Frankie until they next to Lyman I'm so New York, I sold Nick's since just been flying To learn how to yank keys when I met some giants Uh, is he signed yet or will he ever sign? J. Cole doing numbers, he could be next in line I can't lie, I was considering it every time Till I see how baby did Wayne and I said never mind I refuse to sell albums and give them every dime Every penny from every artist that I ever signed I'd rather go independent so every check is mine Only speaking truth in the booth, that gets confession time Check the lines, I mean what I say, say what I mean Kinda hard to say it's okay from things that I've seen I vowed to not sleep till I'm dead, so how could I dream? Putting rappers all in the scope like Jimmy IV Just a quick verse I made overnight Still fly and connected like a layover flight But please don't say to John if you ain't saying it twice And if you don't add the dime, you ain't saying it right Shrug like Perfection as I cover these tracks like witness protection Witness depressing section, 8-8 eight, eight seconds from blessing That's what I tell myself as a remedy from a headache Eventually got a head and I did it all with phonetics That's it, that's it The wonder kid wondering funds didn't come in So bum in it, one minute bum flip it Flip it like a metric ton of slum Like with some bricks you flip, some you leave When you rise like a star and the sun did it That's a sun pun, that's a pun, sun pun about sun punch In case it ain't hit you, ain't artificial My art is official, brain tissue like Mace Windu When I run while smiling my face Whistles, God of these curses, harbor elixirs, liquor and liver, smoking lungs, the heart of a winner. They yelling Christmas, like I'm the heart of the winter. I'm finna really shake you up, like this Parkinson's hit you. It's like judges don't acknowledge the lyrically common abilities. Drop atomic bombs on the arm and it's not a simile, marry a word. Down in the verb and the birth soliloquies, raise a pace of rage on the stage. So I know you're feeling me physically, lyrically, hypothetically, realistically. That's a parent, you and your parents gonna do shit to me. Tell my mama, tell herself to make history. I'ma be on top five lists if you wasn't listening, it's rivers. And that's what I heard when I turned on the BET 2016 Hip Hop Awards. And just to check my notes, that was John John Dadon, Chris Rivers, Millie's, Jazz the Rapper, Your Old Droog, and Your Old Droog, which he's a dope rapper, but I still don't know what that name means. But you know. Shout out to Millie's. Millie's was the first rapper. I know Millie's. Oh yeah, dope dude. Yeah, I know yeah. Millie's. Millie, a friend of mine manages Millie's. Man, he and yeah, his his white guy. Yeah, from, from came from Cambridge, and he was the one rapping about Black Lives Matter. Yep. When you yo, he his verse was. I heard his verse like a couple, of, I guess like a week before, like yeah. BT put and I was like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Like I was, you know, and I know he can rap, but I was just like, whoa. Like he really, really, really did it. Like that was, yeah, that was. I mean, everybody really showed up. So, and that's the thing. Like, I was like, like it kind of took me aback because I figured, all right, let me just turn it on. I figured I'd see something crazy. I'd talk about it on the podcast, but I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> they were all like topical. They had all kinds of little lines in there. Um, yeah, the one dude like. I treat, I forget what exactly, but it's something like I treat beats like police treat black men. I'd be killing them for no reason. No reason. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah, they were on it. So, so I was hooked. It, you know, it, it drew me in. So then I was like, all right, well, I'll leave it on BET. And right after that, 
it the show opened and DJ Khaled was the host and he led right into um, this so I'm gonna forewarn everyone who's listening because if you're if you're still listening to the podcast at this point and you've heard any other episode you kind of know where we fall in terms of uh, our feelings about hip-hop and uh, certain types of rappers so I'm gonna have to play some snippets to illustrate my points and some of these snippets are gonna be from some of our usual mumble mouth suspects but <laughs> my promise is that I won't play any more than two minutes of any of these uh, mumble mouth rappers at a time so this clip is taken from the opening performance now mind you that cypher that we just heard that was the first thing that reeled me in I was I was all in then DJ Khaled comes in and he introduces this and this is what comes up next Please, two minutes up, right? Two minutes up, right? Please, please, two minutes up. Two minutes up. Oh man, come on, come on! It's like man. the come Gong on. Show. Call, yeah. If I had a Gong, man, who was that? I don't know um, that was. Do you know what that was? You know what? That's where I slipped up because I I was recording the audio, but some stuff was going on with the homeowners association here and another leak and people were like calling here and white women talking about, I want to talk to your manager. Like I'm the president of the HOA. This is a volunteer position. Stop trying to exert your white privilege and just listen to what I'm telling you. (laughs) Call your insurance company and get your leaks fixed. But so anyway, I didn't get to, uh, who that makes notes on who that was, but, uh, for the purposes of the people who are probably listening to this podcast, you know, it doesn't matter. Lil somebody, young, young somebody else. Uh, Man. But it's so basic. I mean, it's extraordinarily basic and lacks lyricism. If you're, If you totally block out the lyricism, the lack of lyricism... And just sort of ride along with the melodies, then, you know, I guess you can tolerate it. But the crowd was going nuts, so. And this is, here's another, this one's a minute and 11 seconds. I think this is who followed up, or the second half of that first performance. 
You working hard, then your money started spending. I got bottles, you wanna lick me like some candy. And them drugs come in handy. Last night, savage, but no, I'm not Randy. Hit her with no condom, had to make her eat a plan B. And I'm sipping on that cold D, not Brandy. That's all I could take. He said, uh, hold up, hold up. She gonna lick me like a fruit. Roll up, roll up. So, that's all it takes these days? That's all it takes to be a rapper? To open up the BET Hip Hop Awards? You still there, Dre? Sorry, while while that was playing, I um turned I it off. A little, <laughs> no, I I, I I typed things. I want to find out who that was. Oh, and so the first, I think the first song was "Titty and Dollar." Is was that that was? Sure. Um, um, by Isaiah Rashad, and then the last guy X was Twenty One Savage. 21 Savage, yeah, that was definitely... That was the last guy. Okay. The fruit roll-up guy. I remember... And in between it was Lil Uzi Vert. I don't know if we played right. that guy. That... Yeah, okay. See, I saw that, and I thought those were two different people. I didn't know that was one person. Which one? The Lil, Lil Uzi Vert? Lil Uzi Vert. Yeah, that's um, one person, <clears throat> apparently. Yeah, and these happen to be three people who I refuse to pay attention to in hip-hop right now so yeah, and, yeah, I'm, I mean, and, and now i and now i now I've, I've been um i get give myself a pat on the back because i'm right <laughs> you made the right call <laughs> <laughs> i made the right call it was it was just so stark the difference between the people in the cypher and then that so then by the time that went off then they gave an award to Kendrick Lamar and he came out so I was stuck around to hear that then they went to a commercial came back had another cypher that was okay and it sort of went on and kind of like the vice presidential debate I stuck around for about as long as I could <laughs> as much as I could take and it turns out I was able to take a little bit more than I thought, but I felt like, remember when Most Def did that video where he was uh, being force-fed like one of the prisoners in Guantanamo? Yeah, and then, <laughs> that's what you felt like? Yeah, and then when he couldn't take anymore, he had to just tap out. I, I, right. I tried to, <laughs> and then when my ears started bleeding, I had to just tap out. And So then, uh, after that, I was like, well, ugh, the vice presidential debates kind of set my knife my night off in the wrong direction 
then the BET Hip Hop Awards started off giving me some hope. Then, uh, so then I was like, you know what? It's Tuesday. I'll go to the movies. So I was like, yeah, what's playing? What's playing? I was like, yeah, I'll go watch uh, Magnificent Seven. Have you seen that? I, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, well, huh? I mean, it's not like it's a there's any spoilers or anything. Um, it wasn't good. Well, I'm not gonna <laughs> say it wasn't good. It was. It was formulaic, but I guess all the old westerns were formulaic, and if you're just going to remake it, like, uh, we need help, we need help, I'll come to your rescue, and, you know. Right, that's, those are westerns for you. Yeah, but the thing is, the last two westerns I've seen and liked were Hateful Eight and Django, which, you know, I'm kind of a mark for Tarantino, but... Those were outstanding, in my opinion. Um, wow. I'm learning new things about you today. <laughs> Uh-oh, here we go. JC, you're a Mark Tarantino. Yeah, Pulp Fiction is my favorite movie ever. Okay, well, let me, let me, let me tell listeners this. Uh-oh. I started watching, um, what was the name of that? Hateful Eight, right? I started yeah. watching the Hateful Eight. Yeah. Um, I started watching the Hateful Eight in May. I think it was May. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was May. I started watching Hateful Eight. I have yet to finish that movie. Oh, come on. In fact, it's still, it's still, it's a, it's a DVD and it's, the DVD is still in the play. Matter of fact, I think if I open it up, you can probably hear that it's still there. Like wow. I haven't, and the, and the reason why I started watching it is because somebody I worked with told me you have to watch this film, and I'm like, yeah, I can't really watch it. I read the script before he made the film, and and Tarantino was on his nigga fest again, and I just can't, I can't deal with the dude. And he was like, no, no, really, it came together, and yeah, I stopped watching it. I mean, like, I see. I went to, see, you're talking about on DVD. I went to the Roadshow edition on, like, he had. Oh, you went to a road? Oh, you're a fan. I went to the real deal. It had an intermission. Right. Um, but my thing is that the dialogue, you can't really be doing other things. I mean, maybe you can, because, you know, but I can't. Like, there's certain movies that. You know, I know I'm not going to get up to go get some more popcorn because what's being said is going to be of significance. So, right. Um, yeah, I I thought it was great. And Django. I the reason I love that is because finally, finally. We see we see us getting some revenge we're not just sitting there taking it getting beaten down holding our head up in the face of like these are all movies like make something up make me feel good in the end <laughs> you sound like Halle Berry in that movie <laughs> make me feel good um because oh, wait. Oh, wait, yeah, wait, wait. go ahead hi Halle okay, <laughs> yo one time I interviewed her and it's a good thing that I was recording the interview because my notes were messed up. I couldn't focus on any. I was just looking at it like, wow. Yeah, wow. she, it, she's that person. He's she's one of the people that looks better in person. 
I so asked her out for lunch. Oh, she's really? Yeah, she laughed at me. Oh man, Quite. I interviewed her twice. The first time, I kind of I low rent flirted with her, and she kind of low rent flirted with me back, and I was just like gassed for like yeah. ever after that, like gassed. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> Django. Oh, mag- no, we were talking about Magnificent Seven. You said you, you oh. You, yeah, and it's good you brought up the thing, you know, nigger fest, because I know Tarantino yeah. gets a lot of flack for that, but... Yeah, man. Magnificent Seven is, like, on the total opposite end. So, not to spoil anything, but there's a scene, very reminiscent of Django, where Denzel comes riding on a horse through this all-white town. There's nobody else black in the movie. There's, like, maybe you catch a glimpse of somebody black in the background, but nobody else black <laughs> says a word. Oh, so it was like an episode of Friends. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. So Denzel comes riding through the town and walks into a bar, much like uh, when Jamie Foxx and Django, and they, in Django, where they walked into the bar in different settings. He's the right. only black guy. He's in all black. People stop and look at him. People are stopping and looking at him while he's riding through the town. And they say stuff like, what are you doing here, cowboy? Afro-American. Like, it's, it just doesn't. It's so noticeable. Like, had they just said, nigger, what you doing here? The movie wouldn't have been. It, it would have just gone along. But. Right. Everybody in the bar stops and looks at him. <laughs> they just serve him a drink. <laughs> but he served him a drink. Yeah, they, they serve wow. him a drink and talk to him. And white lady comes up and talks to him. And at one point he rides off. He's like, you two guys go that way. You come with me. Taking the white lady and she rides off with him. Like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> in 18, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that ain't happening. So... I mean, yeah, perhaps Tarantino can dial it down a bit, but this this purely sanitized version where in 1880 whatever, you know, blacks are getting called Afro-Americans is, uh, <laughs> what are you doing here, cowboy? <laughs> like, so you had, a, you had a pretty good day, huh? <laughs> yeah, that, the, the hip-hop awards. I, and- I kind of fell asleep on Magnificent Seven. But oh wow! I mean, it was one of those things where, after the opening ten minutes, I knew exactly how it was gonna end and play out. So, um, yeah, that was that. But uh, how we got back off into movie talk is, I guess, because I was just rounding out the day. So when I came back and I was kind of figuring out how I was going to uh, integrate the. Um, stuff from the hip-hop awards into the podcast i realized that part of what we had planned to talk about um was this whole issue of this generation gap in in hip-hop that we're starting to see play out more and more and i think that fortunately uh serendipitously the bet hip-hop awards helped me to kind of clarify my position. So I am going to run this little intro 
kick my thoughts, and then we'll be able to uh, dive headfirst into this uh, generational debate. So here we go. How is, uh, you said your wife is, how, what about Janet and the rest of the family, the daughters and everything? They're all doing fine. But I want to make this statement. This is a real good statement here. So stay attentive, cause this is a new joint, as I read my essay. Can I talk my Can shit again? As I read my essay. Can I talk my Can shit again? As I read my essay. Can I talk my Can shit again? As I read my essay. Can I talk my Can shit again? Speak on it, man. Speak on it. So, it appears that I would be what uh, people would call a hip-hop purist. I take hip-hop probably way too seriously. I look at it as a cultural art form and am very critical of those who don't respect the art and the culture with the same level of reverence that I have. So, watching the BET Hip Hop Awards and these mumble mouth rappers get up on stage and do their thing, uh, it rubbed me the wrong way. And so I started to think back about, mm, it was several years ago now when Ice-T came out and he dissed Soldier Boy. And Soldier Boy basically replied, you know, you're old enough to be my granddaddy. So, you know, you need to step aside, old nigga, is what I believe he said. And Ice-T replied and it just wasn't a good look for Ice-T. And in the grand scope of hip-hop, Ice-T's place is cemented, period. I mean, Hall of Fame, if we have such a thing, uh, Ice-T is going to be there. When you tell the history of hip-hop, especially when it involves the West Coast, you can't tell it without talking about Ice-T. Soldier Boy, I don't know if he even still makes music anymore. I, I have no idea. But that's not the point. The point is this, that there have always been these disagreements between the purists and sort of the people who don't take hip-hop as seriously. And pretty much coming out of the golden era, right around, you know, early to mid-90s, when we started to see a shift, we started to see the Jiggy era, the rise of rap from the south, um, gangster rap started to have a really heavy presence. You had a lot of people who were critical of that. But the thing was that 
we were all about the same age. So now I'm in my 40s. So back then, having those discussions, I was in my late 20s, early 30s. And the people I was having these arguments with were in their late teens, early 20s. So we were basically peers, and we were just having discussions and disagreements about the art form, purely. But now, in 2016, me and my peers, we're middle-aged. And so now, the people who are making music, rap music now, are legitimately young enough to be our kids. They're teenagers. So, I can see how the criticism now isn't just taken as a matter of, oh, you're criticizing the art form. We're having a disagreement about the nature and the construction of raps and rhymes. Now, now it is a generational thing. And the older generation lecturing to the younger generation, and it's happened in all cultures, it, it happens. Kids don't want to be lectured to by old people about how they should express themselves. And there is some legitimacy to that claim. However, hip-hop, if you're viewing it in terms of art and culture, then we can't dismiss and just say, well, that's how the kids want to treat the art and the culture. We'll just let it ride. No. There has to be some pushback. But the question is, how do you push back and still make your point in a way that they may be inclined to listen? And that brings us to the whole impetus for this discussion, which is the Chocolate Boy Wonder, Pete Rock. And Dre, are you uh, are you familiar with this this latest Pete Rock uh, controversy? Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> so, for those who aren't, there are some rappers who I'd never heard of prior to Pete Rock speaking on this, but one is called Little Lil Dolph, as in dolphin. I'm assuming because he has a huge diamond-encrusted dolphin pendant that he wears around his neck. And he put out a video from a song from his mixtape that's called Rich Crack Baby, in which he was essentially saying he had cocaine flowing through his veins. And... Pete Rock did not take that, uh, he didn't dismiss it. He spoke about it on Instagram, and I'll let you hear what Young Dolph actually said in this clip right here. Check it out. And again, it's only a minute long. 
Second observing me like these niggas hoes. I had a bank roll before I had a nine. I got cocaine running through my motherfucking veins. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the intro, man. Go ahead, number two, man. This whole goddamn tape lit. Hey, hey. I'm talking about lit from beginning to ending. Motivational purpose only. Fuck niggas, stay away. Fuck the stay away. Yeah, I mean. If I want it bad enough, then I go get it. So, that was, I'm sorry, did I call him Little Dolph? He's Young Dolph. Everybody's either young or little. He's Young Dolph. And Pete Rock uh, made comments on Instagram saying that not only was that the lyrics were inappropriate because there were in the uh, video for the performance, there were like little kids around. Wow, I didn't know that. So, so Pete Rock commented on that, and then another of uh, these new young rappers, Lil Yachty, as in a yacht, a boat, Lil Yachty. He uh, didn't appreciate what Pete Rock had to say. And he said, uh, basically, fuck Pete Rock. Fuck a Pete Rock. And wrote that in his Instagram post and reply to Pete Rock. I don't know you and you don't know me. But you lame as fuck, bruh. And that's essentially... (laughs) I mean, the extent of it. Uh... (laughs) so um then at some point so then pete rock responded with a pretty long because you know the kids came out and blasted pete rock and then all the old heads came out and supported pete rock and it went uh back and forth and then someone posted a a video of lil yachty Freestyling. And Pete Rock, I think... Wait, he, he does that? Oh, well, okay, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you be the judge. I'm about to play it. But oh, boy. he... Yeah, he's freestyling, and someone posted the video, and Pete Rock posted, like, uh, six <laughs> doo-doo emoticons and a <laughs> couple of thumbs down <laughs> and some other stuff. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, this is the Lil Yachty freestyle right here. And you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes around freestyle. Here we go. It's only 54 seconds. Uh, yeah, um, not a kid really selling. Uh, in high school, I never was spelling. I think, I think, I think that's why they mad at me. They mad cause they bitch trying to grab at me. Hey. They stop, you can't. Oh, my fault, my, I got hype. You can't, you can't do that right, though. Alright, one more time, one you more time. You can't, you can't right, put the right, pressure right. like okay, that. Okay, my fault, go. Okay, um, uh, hey, young nigga from the west side of town. Got a little shit. 
young nigga from the west side of town Red hair, gold teeth, but a nigga not a clown I'm trying to think what to do I don't know, I'm not a rapper uh, Yeah, uh for anybody who didn't catch that at the very end, he says, I don't I'm know what rapper. to do. I'm not a rapper. Then what are you? I'm going to run it back just so everybody can hear that part again. Yeah. I'm trying to think what to do. I don't know. I'm not a rapper. I'm not a rapper. No, you are not, sir. <laughs> well... Let, let me just say, during when you said about the young Dolph person, I had to go look him up because mm-hmm. um, I hadn't heard of his song "Rich Crack Baby," and I heard that I was just like, "This is ignorance. I don't need to listen to." But I looked him up, and he's thirty-one years old. What? <laughs> but young Dolph is thirty-one years old. <laughs> what? That's insane. That's insane. That's insane that you're 31 and you are doing that. Wow. Now, little, little Yachty is 19. So he's not a rapper. He's 19 and whatever. He, I mean, I consider him a kid. But young Dolph is a grown-ass man. Wow. And, or I should say a grown-ass male. I don't know. Yeah. Can, oh, oh, man. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. It's gonna it's it's interesting because one of Lil Yachty and Young Dolph's uh either partners or label mates, OG Mako, he Okay, yeah, right had a little um interview where he basically defended the perspective of the young rappers and so here is his uh profanity laced reply you missed it but this culture has always drawn lines og mako stopped by dxhq this week now he's also signed to quality control along with lil yachty we asked mako about pete rock versus mumble rap here's the perspective he dropped on us rap came as a way of innovation. It was beyond the understanding of niggas who made rock and blues and pop and them fucking eight-bit ass records and all that bullshit. And niggas advanced it past something and now when the next generation kick up the garden, we don't ask for nobody permission just like y'all did. Now we supposed to like respect the, the OGs. Fuck the OGs. The OGs don't even give you a handout. The OGs won't even fuck a handout. The OGs won't even give you recognition until you go and possibly do, like, do some shit look like you sucking a dick. Like, come on, man, y'all didn't do that. So stop trying to shit on these kids who are finding ways to create situations for entire groups of people. We had nothing. Now all of us are in California. You dig what I'm saying? Like, fuck you, old nigga. And y'all niggas better stop coming at Yanni like he ain't QC for real, for real. He really QC for real, for real. For real, for real. Y'all know what the fuck going on. Stop playing now. The, the end of that, I don't know what he was talking about. I I don't know that that most of that wasn't unintelligible for real <laughs> like, for real it, for real for real um 
so here's the thing like rap music especially you know the established artists have always had an issue with the young artists who came in too arrogant too tough so melly mel melly mel had a thing against public enemy Mm-hmm. And the first time they went in Latin Quarter, they performed Latin Quarter. He called them, uh, what do you call them, toy soldiers or something? Damn. Right. So, like, it, there's always been this thing with, you know, the established artists, you know, kind of spanking on the young artists. However, this is different because this is, in many cases, these are people who've been in the industry and they're saying, Yo, your artistry isn't up to par. Like, get your artistry up, or do like say something, say something, do say something. Like, and even this, the 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 reporter, I'm just gonna call him a reporter. In the beginning of that clip, called it mumble rap. Yeah, like, he called it mumble rap. Right. Like, like you're you're not saying anything. <laughs> like you're just this, yeah. the young kid Yachty saying I'm not a rapper, and and I don't know if I. I don't know if part of that blame can go with Jay Z. Remember when Jay Z used to say, "I'm not a rapper." Remember he saw you say that? I, like I'm a I'm I, a trap. Like he used to say I that. Remember, remember I used to say, to say that. that. <laughs> yeah, he used to say that all the time. And I don't know if these kids are taking it the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't think take it the like he used to say, "I'm not a rapper," but you, would, I mean, I would think as a person like. You're not a rapper and you're saying that? Like you're that witty, you're you you're putting those words together and you saying you're not a rapper? That's incredible. You know, it's like Michael Jordan saying, uh, I'm that's ball a little bit. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's what it was. It was like, oh wow, like imagine if he really wanted to do it. Yeah. But these kids, I mean, I mean, the disrespect is one thing. I mean, you know, people, I don't know if, if you're gonna blame it on the fact that these people on some of these guys. They never they were never raised to have respect for older people. Or, Perhaps. I they, mean, I don't know. Well, see, the thing is that even if you want to say, like, I can see that there's a pushback from them. and But the problem that I see it is that the common themes are money, like making money. And it's not that making money and conspicuous consumption hasn't been a part of hip-hop from way back, uh, because it has. But I think that they see hip-hop, rap music, as a way to make money, as opposed to an art form. And depending on how you look at it, if you look at it as a means to make money, then... You conform your style to whatever's popular and you make your money. If you're looking at it from an artistic standpoint, then you want to differentiate yourself. You want to stand out. You want to showcase your art and talent. Um, and, well, there's, I guess there's, on, on that point, there's an MC, Young M.A., out of Brooklawn, Vietnam. Yep. And she's the most curious case of what I just described about artistry or a means to make money, like a job. Because I am going to play 
here's a little bit of uh, Young M.A., a song called O. Oh. Ooh. Is it ooh or O? Oh? It's ooh. Oh. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Here's a little bit of Young M.A. Wait a minute. How do you know? You bumping Young M.A. <laughs> on your phone, your device? Oh, see, now he got no, quiet. I'm, oh. No, no, no I, I muted it because he's about to play the song. Um, no, no, I'm not. Young M.A. is 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 like one of the hottest things. Hottest, I don't say things, but hottest rappers out of New York right now. Like you can't really go far in New York without hearing hearing about Young M.A. Uh, right now. I'm glad I'm yeah. in L.A. And, and 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 her that ooh song has spawned about six or seven rapper remixes. Wow. All right. Well, we'll check yeah. out a little bit of ooh. And then get into the uh, the next point. Here we go. Yo, bro. I think I had too much Hennessy, man. This Hennessy getting to me. I ain't gonna lie, I'm a little smashed. I'm a little dressed. But we in the club, man. Oh. Yeah, they hate, but they broke them. And when it's time to pop, they have no shit. Yeah, I'm pretty, but I'm local. The loud got me moving slow mo. Hey, yo, Tweety, where the hoes, bro? Hey, yo, Keys, where the hoes, though? That other nigga, he a bozo. It's a mayor, you don't know. We got liquor by the boatload. Disrespect the life, that's a no no. All my niggas dressed in that roho I ride for my guys, that's the broco Baby gave me head, that's a low bro Damn she make me weak when she deep throw I need a rich bitch, not a cheap ho Baby on that hate shit, I peep though Alright, that was about the uh, two minute limit So, everything was <laughs> Bro though Blub though so, uh, And it reminded me of um Bobby another Smurder. huh Bobby Smurder Bobby Smurder <laughs> no it reminded me uh -oh. of uh mm -mm, this let me pop it back I got it for the Lolo turn up I'm in love with the Coco plug that's my Cholo so, what's with this oh low, oh, I got it for the low, low. Now we're going to go back to young M.A. Yeah, I'm pretty, but I'm local. The loud got me moving slow-mo. Hey, yo, Tweety, where the hoes, bro? Hey, yo, Keys, where the hoes, though? I'm in love with the coco. Hit my plug, that's my cholo. He got it for the Lolo. Yeah, I'm pretty, but I'm local. The loud got me moving slow mo. Hey, yo, Tweety, where the hoes, bro? Hey, yo, Keys, where the hoes, though? Okay. Young and May. Um, from what I understand, she can rhyme. Oh. Um, she can rap. 
Yeah. And as I understand, she did do a cipher verse. Well, and so, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because oh. that was going to be my point. Because oh. I have another young MA song that she performed, but as Dre said, she was in one of the aforementioned ciphers where BT Hip Hop Awards usually features uh, artists to put their lyrics on display. So right. I was like, wait a minute, huh? So here is her verse from the cipher. It's time for me to talk that ish. BC Cypher, Young and May on that list. This about to make my haters jump off that cliff. Mommy, you watch and make sure you record this clip. See the difference between us is you talk, I spit. You walk, I sprint. I bought, you rent. I hope you fish. I bark, you hiss. You get it? You got me? You caught my drift? Spark that spliff. Yo, bro, throw me a lighter. We about to have a smoke cypher and the BT cypher is Young and May. Some love her, a lot don't like her. But word to Alicia Keys, man, this girl on fire. I'm working to the wheels for Just don't pop my tire, because I'll let that thing sink. You can't stop that choir. I was hustling, grinding, working my tell off. Yeah, I was chasing that bag, running my leg off. And for these rappers trying to step, you better step off. Because I'm hot, so when I rap, I go to hell off. Now, that was Not the horrible. same. That was the same person. No, yeah. I mean it wasn't the greatest thing, but clearly, if if she's going from that, let me slide this down. If she's going from that, let's pop it again. Hey, some lover a lot don't like her, but word to Alicia Keys, man, this girl on fire. I'm working to the wheels for Just don't pop my tire, cause I'll let that thing sink. You can't stop that choir. I was hustling, grinding, working my tell off. Yeah, I was chasing that bag, running my leg off. So if she's doing that, and then she's doing this for popular consumption. Yeah, they hate, but they broke them. They broke them. And when it's time to pop, they have no shit. Yeah, I'm pretty, but I'm local. Yeah, I'm local. And a few months prior to that, this was the number one song. If you snitch it, I go loco. Hit you with that three So now, that's clearly, clearly a decision driven by market forces. That, that's a business move. And I'm not mad at a business move because it makes sense if... Coco, if that flow and style, and that was popular for a long time. If that is what's making money, and you come into, you know, the record company office rapping like this. Between us, as you talk, I spit. You walk, I sprint. I bought, you rent. I hope you fish. I- and Lior Cohen is like, nah, you gotta do it like <laughs> this. That's. That's what's hot in the streets. Then you go back into the lab and you come out with this. Hey, yo, Tweety, where the hoes, bro? Hey, Tweety, where the hoes, bro? So, to me, it shows, okay, this is an individual who has made a smart business decision at the expense of advancing the art form at the expense of putting her talent on display. And 
I'm not sure I agree, but I get you. Which part? Because I I believe that that ooh song mm-hmm. was a play around song, and that was a song that people gravitated towards, and that's because that's what it sounds like right now. Because when I first heard that ooh song, people, because you know, it's playing here in New York. And I was just like, this is to me. It sounded like Bobby Schmurda, Hot Nigga. It's a song that you know was very hot. It sounds like they're very similar. It sounds like the people here were saying, "Oh, she copied the dude's style or whatever." And I was like, "Well, maybe she just made kind of this song that kind of in that vein." Yeah. And and but then people kept saying, "Yo, she can rap. She can rap." And I'm like, "Are y'all sure she can rap?" And right. then somebody played me one time. I heard this song, and I want you to, if you could dial it up on your on your internet in your interwebs. Yeah, yeah. It's called Summer Story. All right. And they told me that they said, "Oh, she made this Summer Story song, and she made this Ooh song, and kind of put them out, and everybody gravitated towards the Ooh record, but the Summer Story song is the song that people really should be listening to." All right, let me play it here. Let's see, Young M.A. Summer Story. All right, hang on. Bring this, bring this down a bit. Three, two, one. Here we go. It's the middle of summer, whole squad out, just rented them hummers, you know the team, red life, I call them niggas my blooders, tank top on, tan a little, get me some color, go gold chains, looking like I can't believe it's not butter, word the mother, I'm single now, it's kinda a bummer, me and my shorty ain't together, but forever I love her, the woman on me, though the flow make the women horny, a million views on that Uber, that's a different story, same chick, just a different story, same bed, just a different shorty, call my ex, she like, why you call me, she don't want me, Karma trying to warn me I know I fucked up But don't ignore me Damn Anyway I don't gotta let it bang My niggas do it for me A lot of haters on my body Had to get them off me 90 swag Tommy and the naughty Niggas hating Damn, damn You don't be corny, Corey Dad caps Pockets mad fat The beat give me flashbacks When we had rap At first they were sleeping on me Now they catnap I got the city on my back Like a knapsack Now I got a bad back My attitude is Fuck you with a cash at You can never go wrong with you know with that <laughs> beat. audio with, too. Yeah, <laughs> you can never go wrong with that audio too. Big shout to Daddy O. Yeah. Um. So, and I guess that song she did make that song after Ooh, but that was what people were saying was that was more her than the other song. Well, I mean, see, I don't know the timeline on this, but the other song she's got that had you know millions upon millions of views is this song body bag and 
let's see, I pulled it, I pulled the audio, but I don't remember what this sounds like, but I'm going to play a little bit of it and see, because I'm pretty sure let's see, it's like, ooh, and it's, uh, told motherfuckers I'm going to make it, been about 10 years, I've been waiting, I swear these new niggas I'm about to talk my shit. Brooklyn, what up? And me, nigga. Uh. I'm on some undefeated shit. Now nah, I can't lose. Get in the game and act a damn fool. Get a mansion out in Cancun, the size of a damn school. I got a grind, now nah, I can't snooze. That's your bitch, well, she a fan too. I asked her where your man at, she said, My man who? <laughs> I do shit that you can't do, cause nigga, I'm the damn truth. My money long like bamboo. No top on the damn coop. The haters like, Damn you. Man, shoot, if I can't lose, just imagine what I can't do. I, I, had, I had to ring the gong on that one. Because she rhymed lose, fool, Cancun, school, snooze. I was, huh? Lose, fool, Cancun, school, snooze. I mean, I suppose. But. I mean, so, so how you make it, put it together. I just, it's just tough for me. Like, I think when Young and A, like, I, I know you do, you hear that she can actually write rhymes. Mm-hmm. So the fact so the fact that there are these other records that are along this, you know, I don't know, not really showing her actual talent side, is like maybe it's maybe 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 it's a business decision. But I'm I just would encourage her to make more rap records. And show off her actual talent and skill of putting these lyrics together, like she, you know, she apparently can do it. So she doesn't fall into the young Dolph, little Yachty, you gonna mumble and talk about nothing. And then she would probably tell you, like, kiss my, kiss little, my ass and make little Dolph and young Yachty <laughs> told Pete Rock, "Fuck you, old man," because ooh has. 32 million views on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, beyond that, man, I mean, yeah, that's, I think they will look at that and say, yeah, do another you or ooh. And, you know, that other, that other kind of rap. eh. But aside from that, it's there's a lack of depth of content and i've said before that i don't mind what you're rapping about as long as you do it in a creative uh way can i go back to anything you said and say oh that was clever i you know i I had to go back and listen to it a second time and i caught this line and that line and by and large for a lot of these new rappers the answer is no but at the same time um oh i even have this because this clown uh snoop 
he was honored with a Uh-oh. Lifetime Achievement Award, which is, I mean, he's deserving of that uh, from a hip-hop standpoint. But in his speech, I'll see if I can skip ahead, because he's basically trying to uh, curry favor with the younger rappers. Let me see. This is about a minute and a half. Let me see. A lot of people don't understand y'all, and y'all misunderstood. They didn't understand me in the beginning either. So you got to keep pushing Stay who you are, be original, be diverse. Hip-hop was created many years ago, and it's grown, and it's taken, taken people so many places, and you got to understand, as a young MC, as a young artist, you got to always be who you are, because at the end of the day, you got to live with who you are. I'm content. I love who I've been through my whole journey. I ain't never been nobody but me, and I'm going to continue to be me, and I say that to all of the young MCs that's pushing they push right now, because I'm loving where hip-hop is going. I'm loving how y'all taking it across the world and how y'all uniting people. See, what people don't understand is that music is the universal language of all people. So this is the way for us to come together. Um, Like I said, I'm just thankful to have been given the position to, to speak to people, to mentor people, to become Uncle Snoop, to not become some old, bitter rapper who's mad because the young MCs is having it. That's not me. Pete Rock shots fired. <laughs> Is I mean, was that shots? Well, I mean, you can't consider that shots fired at, at, at Pete Rock, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> An old bitter rapper, man. <laughs> That's who he's talking about. Well, well, I mean, there there are a lot of you know because they always call it bitter university. There's a bunch of you know older rappers who who are bitter and but it yeah. and it but it's also i get what he i mean i hope that what he was trying to say was be you meaning don't follow the whole crowd of making the same music you know what i'm I, saying because you know kendrick gave him that award so kendrick is somebody people consider somebody who's being him and kind of didn't go the route that a lot of people are taking yeah so think, go ahead no 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 so i just i mean i get the bitter thing and you know people are always gonna say oh you old you know what you're talking about but you know it's it's some of these some of these kids. I'm calling them kids because they're younger than me. I could probably be some of their parents, but I just think that some of them were never raised to get that knowledge from the older people and get that knowledge from the OGs. They they the ones that stick their thing up at the OGs. Yeah. But then again, Pete Rock, Ice T, uh, Lord Jamar, et cetera, et cetera, as adults need to who are who are trying to make the case that the artistry needs to be at the forefront of what you're doing um they need to be more articulate in their critique because yes pete rock he wrote a long rambling um response and you would think in some cases you would think he was the 19 year old Right. Like you have to make you have to carry yourself as an elder statesman. Right. You can't get down. There. Don't, you know, stop with the. I think he said, like, you know, this this shit is trash, y'all. It's like, come on, that's all that's all you got. Come on, you got to do better than that. And when I was going through this and watching the awards and all this stuff. I had a a flashback to 
a similar moment where I thought someone should have been doing much better than they were. And it was, let me see, I can open it up here. It was this from a couple of years ago, which uh, I'm sure you definitely remember. It was when 50 Cent and Floyd Mayweather got into some kind of dispute. And then 50 was like, yeah, basically, but you can't read. And (laughs) it went sort of back and forth on Twitter or whatever. And then the, uh, what's the Breakfast Club? That's one with Charlemagne. Yeah, the Breakfast Club. They got a hold of some audio of Floyd Mayweather. He had to read some drops for the uh, radio yeah. station. And yeah. it is cringeworthy, but yep. because I need to illustrate my point, uh, I'm going to play it. It's about oh. it's about a minute and a half, two minutes, but uh, just for those who are unfamiliar so you can get the full context of what I'm about to say. Here we go. Listen, when I heard 50 Mm-mm-mm. saying this yesterday, right, I thought it was funny, but I didn't really know if Floyd could read or not. But then I thought to myself, when Floyd came up into the breakfast club, I'm sure he had to read drops, right? Correct. So I had our producer. And if you don't know what drops are, that's when they just say, hey, you're listening to. This is DJ Envy, and yeah. I'm listening right. to the breakfast club right now. So I had our producers pull up the unedited audio of him reading drops. Now, this is the drop. Oh, my goodness. He was reading. Envy, I need you to time me on this, okay? Alright. I'm gonna read this drop. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get my... Now keep in mind, Charlamagne's not the best reader either, so we don't know how long this is gonna take. I need the exact time, okay? This is disrespectful, but let's go. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm Floyd Mayweather and I've joined iHeartRadio for the Show Your Scripes movement to support hiring vets. Go to showyourscripes.org, a website that connects veterans with employees and helps business find candidates with the best training. How long was that? Ten seconds. Okay, ten seconds. This is Floyd Mayweather. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> this is Ten not seconds. nice. Oh, Ten seconds. This is disrespectful. This you is... sure? You I shut the hell up. I'm always sure. I don't give a damn. Okay? Oh, this is Floyd gosh. Mayweather reading the 10-second drops I just did. I'm Floyd Mayweather. And I, I've, I'm Floyd Mayweather. And I've joined Heart Radio for the show. Your stripes. Your, okay. I'm Floyd Mayweather. And I've joined Heart Radio for the show, Your Stripes Movement to Support Hiring Vets. I'm Floyd Mayweather, and I've joined Heart Radio for the show, Your Stripes Movement to Support Hi, Okay. I'm Floyd Mayweather, and I'm I'm Floyd I'm Floyd Mayweather, and I've joined Heart Radio for the show, Your Stripes Movement to Support Hiring vets. Go to the show, yourstripes.org. Go to the show, yourstripes.org. Go to show your stri- Go to show yourstripes.org. Go to show yourstripes.org. A website, a website that connects veterans with employees and helps business businesses. Okay, the website that connects veterans with employers and helps businesses. Find candidates with the best training. I'm Floyd. I'm Floyd Mayweather, and I've joined Heart Radio for the show. 
your stripes movement to support higher events. Okay, okay, that's enough, okay, guys. So you get the point. That's it. enough. Stop that's it. enough. Please. Stop. Okay, hold on. Now, when I heard that the first time, now let me preface this by saying, personally, I think Floyd Mayweather is one of the greatest defensive fighters, or probably the greatest defensive fighter of all time. As a person, I think he's a reprehensible individual. I think he's I agree. a horrible person. All the domestic abuse and violence, and it's just un- totally unacceptable. When I heard this, I di- like I don't I don't think it's funny in the least. I had pity for him because he clearly, if he could have done better, he would have done better. But I just felt pity for him. And once this all got out in the public. And there were all kinds of uh, back and forth responses. The response that he came with was he posted a picture of two checks that he received for a recent fight. And they totaled, I believe, $72 million. And and the picture was captioned, read this, $72 million. And that was just ridiculous because in my opinion had he come out and made the statement you know what i you know i never learned how to read i didn't have proper instruction or support or blah 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 i'm gonna take 72 million dollars and i'm gonna partner with the obama administration and i'm gonna start a foundation to improve uh literacy in the inner city and i'm gonna be the face of this project or whatever that would have gone so much further to do so much more than posting a picture of your check and saying hey I have money so nothing else matters and I say that because when I was going back to do a little bit of research for this episode and listening to a lot of these new rappers the common theme is I'm making money. When they are mm-hmm. criticized, the reply is, well, I'm making money. So-and-so is making money. So it's almost your criticism is invalid because I'm making money. And it's not acceptable in the case of Floyd Mayweather. It just causes me to have pity for him. And it kind of turned me that I just have pity for these rappers, for Lil Yachty and Young Dolph, because if they knew more, if they were capable of more and doing better, then I'm going to go ahead and presume they would do better. But they can't. I think I think right now they are at their creative limits, their intellectual limits, their artistic limits. And it's sad because anyone who can get 30 million people to watch their video on YouTube has power and influence. But if you don't have the intellectual or artistic capacity to take advantage of those views and those eyeballs and that attention by putting something of worth into the ears, hearts, and minds of the people watching, then... 
I just feel bad for you. I just pity you because. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I agree with you, and it, and I didn't think I didn't even think of it that way until you said it. Like about feeling feeling pity for these rappers who to come at it with, well, I'm making money though. I didn't even think of it that way. Because I just always thought of it as, oh, that's ignorant. That's ignorant. And nobody taught you better. But it's also a shame that nobody's around them that's helping to teach them better. And they don't want to have people around them that want to help teach them better. Um, and so it's, and that's why it's sad. It's because, sure, you may have these issues or you may not have had a good education or what have you. But there's nobody that's trying to help you with that side of it. I never thought of it that way. That's, I mean, that's that's deep. You went to the bottom of the ocean with that one. <laughs> <I'm> and, just... <laughs> and, but, and, and I gotta say this at the top. Um, you hear Angel Lee say Charlamagne's not a good re- not a good reader. That's not true. He's a very good reader. I've worked with Charlamagne on television projects. He can read from a teleprompter in one take. He can read like. Don't I don't want that to cloud people like, oh, he's a bad reader and look how easy he did it. No, he's good. Like, so yeah. you can't compare the two, him and you can't compare them. Yeah. But it's it's oh it's it's rough. I mean, so what happens? Like like who 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 are they listen to? Who do these young rappers listen to? They won't listen to Pete Rock because the way he came out and said it. And then you know, anytime you have an opinion, a negative opinion on something, or you want to constructively criticize somebody, they say, "Oh, you're a hater." So what what happens? But see, they listen like they'll listen to Snoop, but Snoop right. is so busy trying to remain relevant to that demographic that he's not going to criticize them. And plus, who the hell is he to criticize anybody? He's a clown himself. Well, like on one hand, he's a clown. He's a he's a straight up clown, and if I, you I disagree. If you, if you go to theliberator.com, you can read an article oh, no. about Snoop in the game. How, on one hand, he's talking about, yeah, you know, we need to have peace and we need to stop the violence. But then uh, his latest release is entitled Super Crip. So he's still feeding into the Crip's Bloods, terrorist organizations, uh, criminal enterprises that are terrorizing our community here in LA and 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 beyond like you can't you can't play both sides of the fence like i would never let my son be a participant in the Snoop Dogg football league like absolutely not this is not someone to be held up in a position of regard like you can't be damn near 50 years old still about putting it. on your crip yeah. costume shooting people on records and promoting that like it's no no i nah if you're 19 you know you're still growing up you're a pin you're evolving snoop has made a conscious decision and he's riding with his gimmick and but like back to the your point about who do they listen to they'll listen right. to snoop but snoop isn't going to you know snoop's not going to do anything to interfere with him possibly getting on the next Young Ma remix, Young M.A. remix, you know? So it's like, if you if you offer a critique, then you're a hater, and they don't want to listen, and if you just go along, you're not being of service. Right. So... 
and, and I mean, we'll get into this, I guess, another time when Professor Belk is here. Yeah. But you know, it comes with like you know being a father and 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 knowing that you know sometimes when you try to teach your children something, they don't want to listen to it because it's you. Yeah. Like you know, so they don't want to listen to it because it's you, and sometimes these rappers will say, "Oh, he's just the old ass rapper, or she's just the old ass rapper," and "Oh, you're bitter." But sometimes you're trying to teach something. I learned something recently, um, within the last year or two, since I worked in the the, the documentary The Message, was that Ducky Fresh was always a rapper who tried to teach younger rappers. And there's a slew of younger rappers who were like, "Oh yeah, Ducky Fresh taught me A, B, and C, and D." And it wasn't. It was because Jackie Fresh would grab him in the little, you know, put the arm around his shoulder and say, "Let me show you this. Let me show you how to do this." And he mm. happened to, he happened to be, they happened to be the rappers who actually listened to him, who were very successful. And I didn't know this wow. at all. But it's a, it's, 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 it's like more than a handful of people he taught. Like, but and it's mostly performance stuff. Like you have to do this when you're on the stage, and this is how you can get the crowd to, you know be on your side and this is how you can do that kind of stuff and this is what these rappers need but some of them their only answer is I don't need to hear from you because you're all making money I'm making money I'm making money and really is it all that it's to me it's it's really the most American of art forms because it's capitalism run amok like that's the lesson of capitalism if you make money Hey, you know, it's okay. Apple's yeah. making a lot of money, so it's okay that there's, you know, people in factories in China who are, you know, committing suicide. Uh, you know, Walmart's making money, so it doesn't matter if there's a kid in Guatemala making shoes for like five cents a month. Yeah. If you're making yeah. it, it, shit, it's the whole basis of the Trump campaign. Hey, I'm making money. I'm I've made a lot of money, so I must be qualified to be president. Like hell. right, right. I'm qualified because I'm successful, quote unquote, successful. For people who know him, for people who know his business, though, that he's not successful. Yeah, he's he's successful, but he's not as successful as he could be if he was a good businessman. And that was the reason why they had Bloomberg at the DNC that time. Mm-hmm. That because they had people there who can finger poke at Donald Trump like I'm successful because I'm actually smart I'm <laughs> right. successful because I, I, like my business is worth 10 times as much as yours because I'm actually smart because I actually study because I actually hire people who are smarter than me which is the reason why I'm no fan of Bloomberg at all he's mm. a proponent of stop and frisk but right. as far as business he's incredibly smart like I've seen it like I've seen I mean when he was the mayor of New York he only took you know a dollar as a salary because he was like dude i don't need the money and i'm giving most of my money away like yeah. he like so it's that kind of stuff of you know being smart and like you said the whole trump thing like i'm yeah. successful i'm making money and as long as these rappers make money doing what they do they'll continue following whatever path it is yeah and i can't believe i mean Again, I I understand. I remember the roots. What they do, video, and you've been <laughs> behind the scenes. So, I don't know how record contracts are structured. I don't know how much money they actually have. If they have to recoup the money still, and it's a whole yeah. just advances. But if it's this easy, 
to make <laughs> to be a rapper like there's certain art forms that like graffiti art I appreciate but. a good piece of graffiti art I don't have the, the talent to do it and my parents never would have allowed me to <laughs> become involved <laughs> as a graffiti artist but I can appreciate it but I, I recognize there's artistry to it and I wouldn't just say eh, I'm going to do it but again if you're approaching rap music as uh, a business and a means to make money then you do it a certain way if you're expressing your artistry you do it a different way and some of these guys are very they're like Cheetos you know they're very colorful and they look interesting and wow look at that it's a Cheeto and then you eat it and there's nothing to it it's just you know nothing no substance no nutritional value and uh you know, well, rap, mu- rap music's much like you know the political atmosphere. The, the political atmosphere we're in right now, the bar is so low yeah. that so so many can just get in with yeah. you know it, with without training. Like, and I'm I'm gonna say this: Hillary Clinton is qualified for this presidential yeah. president's job. <laughs> qualified, like beyond qualified. qualified. Right, she's qualified. There's, there's, there are things that you can say about her, but she's qualified for the job. Yeah. Donald Trump is not qualified for the job. This is like, this is like, you have, all right, no, this is like you having little Yachty, and <laughs> you have little Yachty and rock him, and you're saying who's the best rapper, and all the young people are like, it's little Yachty. And they're yeah. also like, wait, do you do you understand what this guy can do? This Rakim guy can do? Do you understand that he can put words together? Do you understand that you know he's been in the business? Do you understand that he knows what's going on? No, but look, it's the Cheeto. <laughs> he's colorful. He's flaming hot. The flaming hot Cheeto. <laughs> he's the flaming hot Cheeto. And so that's, I mean, that's the business, man. And it's 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 crazy, man. It's it's the world we live in right now. It's you know, it's the amount of likes. I mean, the business I work in, you know, the amount of likes, the amount of friends you have, the amount of followers you have, it's all currency. All mm. of it is currency. Yeah. And so, they, and they look at that. Like, I've seen briefs and people say, well, how many followers does this person have? Like, that, that, will, that can get you money. That can get you jobs. That can get you endorsement deals. However many followers. And it can be real followers. It can be bought followers. They don't know. They just look at the number. Interesting. Sometimes, it's, sometimes they look at engagement. But it's but that's the world we live in. It's all what's the shiny on the outside. You can have a shiny car with no engine. Right. But hmm. as long as it's a shiny car. Maybe I should buy some followers in. Maybe you should. Get some money. Because... <laughs> buy, some, buy some followers get, and get your engagement up and then next thing you know you I mean that's just how it is then all of a sudden you're a culture you're a cultural leader you're an influencer you're a social influencer that's how this that's how this game works now. interesting yeah maybe that's maybe that's the ticket go buy some <laughs> get some Russian hackers to give me about you know 
followers. Yeah. I don't. Two million. Two million might look a little odd, but I'll, I'll go fifty thousand. You know, I don't want to draw any unwarranted attention, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because yeah, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton is more qualified than anybody who's ever run for president, and yeah. Donald Trump. His argument would be, I'm qualified because I make money. So by that standard, little Dolph could be little young Dolph and little little Yachty. And why is everybody little 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 young? There should everybody be little young. there should be little Wayne, and that should have ended it. And there should have been who was the first young who young Jock yeah. young no young Abby, young, young Thug. No, definitely uh, not Young Thug. Not Young Thug. Let's see, Young MC. Who was Chris? Young MC. So, young MC was probably the first Young. Like, I would never come out and be KRS Two. <laughs> I mean, I already don't like it that there's a, that there's ASAP Rocky, but ASAP Rock, because oh, for a long time. I thought it was like the same. I was like, wait, he changed his name? <laughs> and then there's actually a video online where somebody brings the two of them together and ASAP Rocky is like, he's cool, but he's like, yeah, I never I never even knew or until somebody told me. And so they kind of hugged it out or whatever. But um, so uh, I will. Here's the thing. I don't want to leave this sour down bitter taste in people's <laughs> mouth because on one of the ciphers it was a couple of people I'd never heard of and then it was consequence from cons to the quince from back in the who ruined that uh, fourth tribe album and <laughs> <laughs> he's gotten better and he can rap do you remember that song from, I guess, last summer? It was popular or whatever. Uh, Classic Man? That yep. Oh, he can rhyme. Yeah! He was in... He can rhyme. Yeah, he was in the cypher. And he he ended the cypher, which uh, tells you something right there. And there was a little interview that they posted... He wrote his line, his rhyme, in the Uber on the way to the awards show. And wow. I'm like, what? Oh, and the other point is that first uh, cipher that drew me into the awards show. Yep. Turns out that wasn't even a part of the actual show. They recorded that for some BET jams or something like that. And so that was released like a week before something like that. Right. But they just stuck it in there and I watched it like a sucker thinking, <laughs> oh, shit, coming back. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to play this, uh, this final cipher and uh, we'll kind of end on that note. But when we come back, we're going to try to do this soon. Because we definitely wanted to have a discussion about the police and uh, black fathers and just a lot of issues that typically 
hip-hop would be tackling in the mainstream. Well, typically, no. A long time ago, hip-hop would have been tackling in the mainstream. Um, there are hip-hop artists, a lot of them, who are still uh, using hip-hop to make social commentary, but you have to dig to go to go find them most of the time. So, um, on that note, I'm going to play this and hear the dope rhyme from, uh, let me see, I'll name off the MCs. Aaron Cooks, 3D Nati, I don't know, Rain 910, maybe it's Rain 910, Rain 910, Cons to the Quince, and Jadena. Yellow Lives Matter, Yellow Guard, Nappy Head Trapper, Mac Daddy, Daddy Macca, Criss Cross with the wrist, I whip backwards, I walk on water in Black Louie. Scoop some up in the pot and get back to it. The light skinned Machiavelli, Tap Selly, Valentino, Nino, sipping Pino, kilos in his Chevy. I turn your favorite rapper to Casper. Take his blood and make a masterpiece after. How you master the pieces and you don't even own a piece of your masters, Lil? You gotta pardon me, fam, but you was talking like you had a whole pelican. Only pennies I ever needed was Danny. Feds at the door, more hard knocks than any. I know you heard of me, fine as a bitch and got more bras than Bourbon Street without surgery. See, I'm a great with it. Bring me a coat that I cook them like a Jamaican bitch. See, every year when I don't get an award, it's such a sad reminder that I get robbed like Black China with no ghostwriter. Shout out to Drake, though. I ball out like OG Mako. Pay close attention, because I'm the savior. While y'all chasing Pokemon, I be chasing paper without a major. While y'all cheering on every silicone clone for four summers, my flow been dumb as Raven Simone like Big and Pac in a female body. I body all of you, because I'm an author, and I'm smarter. My IQ higher than Barack daughter. Why you let them labels rape you like Darren Shelford? The game, though, ain't a rap shit harder than 3D not see. Y'all hating for nothing, well it's equal Got a brother that I look just like, that I don't speak to What makes you think you have an opinion that I care for? Gotta take it in vain from here wrong If ever he's the topic, you gon' have to read about it Sergio Tashini, sweatsuits and Shalini Watching genies at the bottom of every bottle of Lini Coppin' Sweetie, it won't be easy to leave me, but keep it rockin' Never did he mean to be greedy, just needed options Different pictures from different nights that just lead to gossip The seat is toxic and I never needed your love Never needed your trust, it's just me and my drugs This deuce is for pimp, this foe is for mo This ace is for yams, sips drunk, go with the flow This is where I always end up when there's nowhere to go Shit, alone on this road, it's cold on these slopes If I overdose right now, no one to know Don't erase that, I know what I wrote It doesn't show when I soak And I don't give a f- if nobody feel me It'll take a whole army just to kill me Yeah Look, flea, I ain't got no time for flea markets. A chick get with me, it's like she land on free parking. Meet about beef, better hit the meat market. Cause in these streets, homie, we ain't about talking. Cause back when Stevie had bees like Venus, and back when Venus had bees like Yachty, I was in the MPV with Earl Gotti. Hoping one day we both be in Ferraris. Just like Safari, moving nick after nick. But that's the consequences of the lifestyle you pick. Been with the shits, I was raised for the revolution. Cause I'm a black panther like Cam Newton. Support this on your grammar snap Cause like you saying, I can't be beating on a track And you can't be seen thinking you eating off a rap Anyhow, they out here yelling, yo, calls it back Uh, it's the cause for war Here go the black ape Lincoln, half Blake Griffin 
Amish man who stay pimping, gains straight women. Or maybe doesn't date women, but he stay primping, looking like a Muslim leader with 88 children. They still trying to filter dinner out, though. Is he that Uncle Tom whiter than the South Pole? A field niggle that can wiggle where the mouse go. Or the lion that can wiggle where the mouse go. Eh, these rappers all copy. They lie to the world like Ryan Lochte. Yeah, I'm in the White House on occasion. In the gentleman's club on occasion. But there's way too many dollars in that fake ass bubble. Man, I call it inflation. I guess fake is the new real. And every day I'm trying to dace on a new pill. They say collard greens are the new kill. Well, money talks and niggas sell.